Alright, I'm ready to go. You know what you're, you know what you're gonna do? I guess so. Let's just do it. We're just gonna do great. Um Okay. Hi, I'm B. Hey, I'm Audrey. This is Triple F Dogcast. What's up? Welcome back to the show. <laughs> um It's been a while. It's been yeah, it's been a minute. Um I mean what's going on? You got you got any weird shit to talk about? I do. So I was in Austin a couple weeks ago and our we were staying at like a bag house. And the family that we whose home was in front, they happened to have a corgi. His name was Cereal. He was very oh my God, cute. Cereal. That's a great name for a corgi. Yeah, and he had like the what's it called? Like David Bowie when one eye's a different color than the other. Um Heterochromia, something chromia. Yeah. Heterochromia, anyway. whatever it is. So he had one blue eye, one brown eye. He was cute. He was like a year old. And he was rowdy. The owner told me that because they also had chickens. <laughs> she told me that he accidentally killed one of the chickens. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Put a corgi in with chickens. I mean. <laughs> but so the weird thing he would do, it's not that weird, but um he was obsessed with just like coming over to us and pulling on our shoelaces or our pant hems and like not letting go and like wanting to like tug. And so, you know, I watched him grab onto Chris's like pant leg and I was like, okay, well, you know, I get why he's doing it because Chris keeps trying to move. So he keeps playing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I was walking in and out alone and then he came over to me and he started grabbing on my shoelaces and like tugging and tugging and tugging like crazy. And so I stopped and I was like, I'm just not going to move, but he wouldn't stop. So (laughs) even if you were, even if you were standing still. Exactly. Even if I was standing still and just not engaging, I was like, I'm just going to be a tree, like not moving, not doing anything. He just wouldn't stop. You know, that's a really tricky one. Um, I want to, I want to, first, I want, I'm going to talk about it, but first we're going to pause. I don't know if you see me like swinging my arms around in the air the whole time that you're talking, but there's a mosquito that is taunting me. So I'm going to light, I'm going to light an incense so that it won't fucking bother me because I can hear the, I can hear the mosquitoes buzzing getting picked up on the microphone. So give me a moment. Oh my God. It's called black magic. Does that actually work? Oh, yeah, the smoke. It works for only as long as the incense is burning. Um, I have, like, bug candles, but they're outside. Do you remember when, you know, growing up in in Southern California, Audrey, do you remember that um, one of the good things that Southern California had going for it was that there was no mosquitoes? Yeah, there's lots of bees, I remember. There's a lot of bees, but there's no mosquitoes, except for now. Now we have, like, a mosquito problem, and it's, like, they're, like, a... um, uh, what's it called? Invasive species. Oh yeah. And so they like douse the city once a year with like something for mosquitoes. Oh my god, it's I crazy. wish it's just like I've just gotten chewed up this year. Okay, so naughty corgis. Um, so cereal's crazy. <laughs> so how old was he? A year? You said she said she had just turned a year. Well, so the other thing I noticed is that. They have a newborn child. The mom works from home. And my feeling is 
you know, why else is he doing this? It's like 11 o'clock at night and I'm coming, I'm walking through the gate and he's chewing on my shoes like a madman. Right. My just feeling is that he's just not getting exercised regularly. And so he's got a lot of excess energy. I mean, that's, that's always the solution I would, I would give for a situation like this. Um, this is really common with herding breeds, not just corgis, but like Aussies and some German Shepherd puppies and, um, just the, the herding breeds are like, they nip and they try to move the pieces of their life around, um, through that method. And the thing about nipping is whether it's, you know, at your pants, at your shoes, um, is there's almost always reinforcement for the behavior, even if you're trying not to reinforce it. So to use the example of, um, you know, if he nips at your heels and you walk faster, that's reinforcing the purpose of the nip, right? Uh, but then you did that thing where you stood still and you were a tree. And even though you, you weren't reinforcing the request of the nip, the dog still has fun pulling on your pants because now it's a game of tug of war. So really, there's reinforcement happening just every single time your dog does it. Um, the dog goes, wow, that was fun, whether you did respond or didn't respond. And so, yeah, you need to exercise. But I think even more um, important is like replacement behaviors in that in that sense. Like yeah. when you come outside and the dog's coming for your pants, it's uh, 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 sit, wait. And then you throw the Frisbee or, you know, like you give the dog something else to do because I think he's just have she, she cereal, the little girl. No, it's a boy. Okay, I think he's just having fun. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just enjoyable no, to grab totally, onto yeah, the... Were... Chris tried throwing a rock for him to fetch to get him to stop. Because that was the only thing outside. Yeah, I mean, that is such a tricky one, too, because, you know, like, if he grabbed onto your pants and you threw a tennis ball, you're re reinforcing the grabbing onto your pants because you threw mm -hmm. the tennis ball. Um, that's a really, that behavior is hard because you almost have to catch it before it begins. You have to prevent it. Yeah. And because after it happens, I think it's just, no matter what you do, the dog is like, oh my God, this was the most fun decision I could have made in my life. Yeah. Is it like weird? Like I almost feel like maybe he gets ignored a little at home. And, um, the other, you know, the other thing that was strange was I met the, the owner and he was, like, chewing on my shoelaces and pant legs in front of her, and she, like, didn't say anything. I mean, okay, so I, I think, hmm. <laughs> it just seemed like no one is putting any effort into it. Like, right. no one's well, you training said the dog, and no one's correcting any behavior. You said they have a baby, and I can't imagine yeah. having a dog under the age of two years old and having a baby. It just seems totally. insane to me. Um, but, you know... It, it's not the end of the world that people don't train every behavior out of their dogs. And this one's annoying, but if it doesn't bother them, um, I guess so what? The fact that the dog was chewing on somebody else and they were just kind of like, eh, whatever. Although, did they know you were a corgi owner? In which case, they were probably just like, deal with it, you know? That was also, I was like, oh my gosh, like a corgi. Like, I'm so excited. We have a corgi too. She was like, did your, when does your corgi calm down? And I was like, I mean, he, I mean, she might calm down like after a year. No, I would say I started to visibly notice my dogs were calmer when they were about three. 
And I don't think they really calmed down until they were about five. I mean, I feel like, you know, Sherlock was crazy when I got him and he was a puppy. But I feel like after that, I mean, like, look at this thing. Look at him. Yeah, he's he's a good boy. He's chill. He's so chill. Well, you know, my dogs are really chill and your dog's really chill. And, and it's because they get the adequate amount of exercise and we don't skip on it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know how often you will um, skip a walk. Um, it's a little harder for you, I guess, because you actually have yeah, to go outside. Um, yeah. Rain or shine or snow or whatever. Yeah. But for my dogs, you know, I have a little yard. And so there's here and there, like, I've been really sick. Um, and so they've, they've been getting less walk. Um, and it shows. I mean, they're stupid again when, when I don't <laughs> exercise them. They engage in all of their naughty behaviors. Um, but if I keep them, keep them walked, they're really happy because they, their needs are being addressed. Corgis are tough though. It's, it's almost impossible to exercise a corgi to its maximum ability unless you have sheep. Yeah. They can keep going and going and going. Yeah. So especially, um, when they're young like that, it's just one of those tricky breeds that you have to kind of be a very, um, athletic person to, to really, uh, keep them happy. Yeah, I'll post the videos of cereal on Instagram. All right. Um, Going crazy. <laughs> Audrey sent them to me um, while, <laughs> while she was in Austin, and I was just like, I don't know what the deal is with, like, corgis and Audrey, but they see you. They sniff you out as a, though, as a corgi huh? person. Yeah, he was crazy. He was insane. I have a little weird shit I want to tell you about. Let's hear it. I just want to hear, know if you've ever noticed this or heard anything about this, but, um, cause I asked one of my clients and he also didn't know what I was talking about, but, um, where I live in, um, Los Angeles, a lot of people will put jugs of water out on their lawn. I'm talking about like those gallon, you know, big plastic mm -hmm. bottles. Um, and they'll put like two or three or four of them out on their yard. And, um, I see it all the time and I have no idea what it is. And I, I don't know, I thought maybe it was like a cultural thing I didn't understand, or it served some um, purpose agriculturally that I didn't, you know, understand. But like, it wasn't like all that nice of yards that these water jugs were being sat out in. And like, really, if you're trying to have a nice yard is the thing you're going to do just to be put like a giant water jug outside. Mm -hmm. So I Googled it one day and what I found out was that it is like a wives' tale to keep dogs from marking their territory. If you, hmm. okay, so here's the, the idea is that if you put a bucket of water on your, on your front yard, another dog will see it and go, oh, some dog has peed here with a whole lot of pee. I can't mark this territory. And somehow this has then snowballed to the point where um, it doesn't even have to be an open container of water. It's just a fucking jug of water sitting on the yard. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I guess I'm putting it out there to see if anybody like that's listening has ever heard of this because I Googled it and I was surprised. It seems obviously so counterintuitive to me because one, if my dog encountered a bucket of water in someone's yard, she would drink it too. If, um, if you've ever walked a dog more than one dog, you'll see that one dog will mark a territory and the other dog will immediately pee on top of it. Mm -hmm. So like the more smells are on, like the more times the dog has quote unquote marked its territory, um, 
the the more likely it is for another dog to pee on it because it's not an aggressive thing and it's not like a you stay out sort of thing when a dog pees you know it's like um we would compare it to um a facebook status right or like mm -hmm. twitter or like yeah. a bolton board it's like they go to each place and then they pee a little like i was here too you know um i guess I, i'm never, you, so confused i swear to where god i'm not making this up okay wait where on the lawn is it like sometimes near the edge and sometimes not so people thought that so okay so are we talking like okay. the, the the ginormous like multi-gallon it could be or or just like the ones that like there's a handle and a little spigot and you just open it and water comes out of a little spigot i see both okay and or just like a regular milk gallon but i see all water. i see all three Okay. Sometimes okay. they're open. Sometimes they're closed. I just Googled it right now. I Googled the phrase water jugs on the lawn. And this is what it says. Jugs of water on the lawn equal no dog feces nearby. It has been said by old timers that a half empty clear plastic bottle laid on its side or even four or five bottles on a large lawn will keep dogs from pooping on your grass. With some believing it is lore, hundreds of people swear by it to this day. What? <laughs> I know it seems crazy, right? So they thought that so originally they would empty they would put water out so the dogs would be like, "Oh, someone peed there even though it's water." Yeah, it doesn't make any sense and I don't understand where I I don't know. It's bizarre. And then like I was thinking about this yesterday because I was walking the dogs and there's a house that has um a fence all the way around the property and they have two jugs of water inside of their fence and i was like how why and i realized that maybe they own a dog and they don't want the dog to like shit in that part of the yard but it's so so wrong but you know i guess if it were if it's like placebo effect if it works maybe your dog just doesn't want to go over there because there's a giant plastic bottle sitting over there now yeah they're like that's weird so anyway that's bizarre that was I my weird never. shit I mean, I guess I've never noticed. You know, I, I live in a lower income area. Uh, and so I think it's just a little bit more common, one, that people don't pick up after their dogs. Um, and two, people's yards aren't landscaped to the point where they, they wouldn't mind leaving water bottles out in the yard, you know? Yeah. Um, it just aesthetically doesn't really matter in my neighborhood. So it just seems strange. It, it just, to me, now I see them as like dog haters. <laughs> like, <laughs> I see a jug of water in front of a lawn and I'm like, you don't like dogs. Mm. Haters. Yeah, haters gonna hate. Wow. That is some weird shit. Okay, are you ready to get connected? Lay it on me. Ask me what we're talking about today. Hey, B, what are we talking about today? Um, well, last time we talked about just the general concept of positive reinforcement training. So this time we're going to um, get in a little bit deeper, I guess. And we'll, you know, we're, we'll address um, the age-old problem of stubborn dogs. Ooh. So, like, I, I, I guess, what kind of stubborn dog examples do you have, either from Sherlock or dogs you've worked with in the past? Okay, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, dogs who will refuse to walk, so they'll just stop right. walking. Doddling. Yes, doddling. They'll just throw themselves down. On, today, actually, a dog threw himself down on the ground in front of me on the street. <laughs> um, um, bulldogs are notorious for this stuff 
just not feeling like walking anymore and sitting down. Um, not listening. So when you give them a command and they just don't, they just ignore you. They don't, even though they're looking with you and interacting with you, they don't do what you ask them to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, stubborn is pretty much just the dog neglecting and not listening to you. Right. So I hear a lot of different things when, you know, when people say their dog is stubborn. I think that's one of the most common ones is um, you tell your dog to do something. The dog looks right at you, but doesn't do the thing. Um, So that's that's definitely always difficult and concerning um, when you encounter it. I actually like kind of developed an easy way to um, tackle it. And this is something I picked up from the person that was my dog training mentor and then um, kind of built on it and built on it throughout the years. It's literally how I um, analyze any dog doing anything at any time um, when it comes to delivering a cue and getting them to follow through on it. We want our dogs to listen to us, you know, whether or not um, we have the food out. The first thing, and we'll get to that, that's actually the third item on the list, but there's two, there's two things that will get in the way first, um, uh, if the food isn't um, the problem. There are two other things that'll get in the way first, and those are, the first one is attention. So this one's kind of simple, uh, but this is, if you tell your dog to sit or you tell your dog to come and they won't, you first have to make sure the dog is in fact looking at you. If the dog's not looking at you, it doesn't, it doesn't count. Um, they yeah. didn't hear you. They're not processing it. They're zoom, zoned in on something else. So thing number one, if you're having a dog that's stubborn, um, you've got to make them look at you. And if you don't have a cue that works well enough to get them to look at you, whether it's their name or focus or watch me, you need to practice just that behavior for like two weeks until you can get that down. And then you can move on and, and deal with the other stubborn behaviors that your dog's not responding to. So that's, that's the first one is, um, attention. You got to make sure your dog is paying attention to you. The second one is information. And information is like, um, does the dog understand the information that you're giving them? And, and so for example, if you tell your dog, um, settle down and he doesn't remember what settle down means, he's not going to settle down. And sometimes people forget that their dogs will just spontaneously forget a behavior and sometimes you do need to go back and reteach it um it's okay to give your dog hints when they don't seem to um respond to the information like you can con- you can kind of like suggest um they follow through by mm-hmm. pointing at the floor if it's a lay or taking a step towards them if it's a sit like you can kind of give those little suggestions to help them follow through cuz sometimes you say the word sit and your dog just doesn't remember it because there's so many other things going on. Maybe it's the first time you've asked him to sit outside of the house. Maybe it's the first time you've asked him to sit, um, you know, in the backyard. He doesn't, he's like, I don't, does this mean sit here too? I know it means sit in the kitchen. Yeah. But... <laughs> so that's the second thing you got to check is make sure the dog actually knows what the word means. And that's the one I like to, to focus on. I would always prefer people to just assume the dog forgot what it means than to just assume the dog is being a dick for no reason. Mm-hmm. let's go in order one attention your dog is looking at you um two information 
you're asking for sit and you are very confident that your dog is capable of sitting in this environment and has sat in this environment before, um, then you can analyze three, my dog isn't motivated to listen to me. And the reason my dog isn't motivated to listen to me is because I'm not more fun or more delicious than the alternatives available. Um, and then, you know, then we have to talk about dealing with um, motivation issues with your dog, which is, a you know, a challenge in itself. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's definitely motivation is my biggest obstacle with him because he's so food motivated and that it's hard for him to, like, he doesn't do anything to make me happy. Right. That makes sense. Right. His only satisfaction is if he gets like a, a reward that is food. Right. And I mean, that's such a good thing to recognize too, because there's um, primary reinforcers is the most powerful reinforcer enforcers are food and water basically. And then there's secondary reinforcers, which are like petting and cuddles and happy voices and stuff like that. Not all dogs will end up liking secondary reinforcers. Sherlock is really not uh, rewarded by petting and voice. It's, it's mostly food. Um, and that makes him uniquely challenging in a different way where like some people, all they have to do is smile at their dog and their dog is reinforced, like Freya. <laughs> Fre so that's a good example is, I, us I usually use my three dogs as like the three examples of the different issues with um, the, the uh, follow through checklist um, is, Lilu um, always paying attention to me. She remembers every piece of information I've ever given her, but she's not motivated by anything. She's like Sherlock. It's food or nothing. Spooky. Um, very good at um, remembering information and very easy to motivate, but hard to get her attention. So like if I can get her attention, she'll know what I'm asking for and she's motivated to perform. But if I can't get her attention, there's nothing there. Um, and then she'll get, you know, she gets distracted by dogs in the neighborhood or squirrels or whatever, and I can't get her to look at me. Um, and then Freya is always paying attention. Like I can just like breathe too loudly and her head will snap over to look at me because she thinks I might be saying her name. Um, she's always paying attention. And Freya is that kind of dog where you can just smile at her and she wags her tail. Um, so she's very easily motivated because she just wants to work to make us happy. But her problem is that she struggles to remember the information. So like mm. she's a dog that I'll have to reteach cues to once in a while. So it's important to know every dog is a different personality and every dog is going to have a different um, weakness when it comes to their follow through. Um, or in other words, a different reason that your dog may be stubborn. And if you can figure out why your dog is stubborn, you can prevent it because you can address that component that you're missing. What, how would you break down then maybe if a dog doesn't want to walk? So you have to kind of figure out that one's a little tricky. I would say, um, the first thing I would do is to see if the owner can get the dog's attention out on the sidewalk. And if they can, great we can move on. If they can't, that's the first thing that needs to be practiced. Um, if they can get their dog's attention on the sidewalk, but the dog just refuses to get up um, or refuses to walk more than a step, then we have to, um, I would say, tackle it from both the information and the motivation place. The dog obviously needs better leash training skills, um, whether that's just teaching a heel or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but that would also come along with motivating is motivating the dog to walk, is having more fun walking next to mom than like just laying on the ground and thinking of Sherlock right now. Um, but it's also like, I would look at it as why is laying down more rewarding than walking is? 
Mm-hmm. I think you just have to figure out why does your dog not want to walk right now and listen to that. Maybe it is too hot. Maybe he wants to look at the other dog or, or wait around here and wait till he gets to see someone. Um, but whatever it is, if you can pinpoint why he's not motivated to walk, then you can modify. Like if he didn't want to walk because he thought walking was less interesting than, than sitting around um, and watching, what I would do is I would create a program where like he had to walk the length of the block. And then he gets to stop for two minutes and lay down and people watch at the corner. And then he walks the next length of the block and then he gets to lay down and people watch for two minutes at the corner. So that way you're taking what your dog finds the most motivating, which is the people watching. And now you're using it as a reward for the walking behavior. Mm -hmm. So it's really powerful if you can figure out what your dog is motivated by. I'm just guessing Sherlock likes to people watch or, or look for dogs. I don't know what his shit is. I don't know what stops him sometimes. Do you carry water? Maybe. No. Do you think he's tired? No. (laughs) Okay. I think it might be, it's probably food related. Like maybe he's, I think maybe he like smells like dropped food somewhere Mm -hmm. and wants to go after it. And I'm like, no, you can't have that. That's a good um, guess because Spooky does that too. If um, she catches a whiff of something. And she's not ready to walk away from it. Um, yeah. she, she collapses. She lays down. Um, yeah. And I've actually been working on it lately because it really drives me crazy when she does it. Um, that, you know, I just keep walking and I kind of give her a good drag, which is not yeah. something I would, like, recommend if I was still really training professionally. But um, sometimes it's just the thing you have to do. And as soon as she starts walking with me willingly, I say yes, and I give her 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 treat. Mm -hmm. And so I've been carrying treats again when I walk because my dogs have gotten shitty on the leash because I haven't been reinforcing these certain things. So if I just make it more of a motivating to walk with me, the idea would be if she tries to stop and eat that bagel on the ground, she's probably not going to get it because I'm going to drag her away. But if she just hangs out with me, she will definitely get the piece of kibble I have in my pocket. So, yeah, like I, I would say also information is, is a part of it because sometimes it's just the dog doesn't know its leash walking behaviors. Like, for example, a heel, if you have a need to utilize that, but like a leave it. Like if Sherlock lays down because he has, he finds a food smell and you can't say leave it and get him to start walking again, your leave it's too weak. You just haven't Mm -hmm. practiced leave it recently. And so you don't have one anymore. And this is the behavior that Sherlock engages in when he's on a leash and he doesn't want to leave it. So you're having his like stubborn behavior is just not responding to the leave it. And so you need to go back, yeah. reteach the information, reestablish the motivation, and he'll follow through again. Yeah. So then today, um, I had to leave him for a while. So we walked on his walk. We went to the pet store and got a bully stick. And so, you know, I didn't get a bag for the bully stick or anything. I was just holding it in my hand. Gross, Audrey. And, and boy, it's odor free. It's and still boy, a it's still a bully stick. I don't care. <laughs> I held much worse things. Okay. And he boy was it like, you know, a donkey with a carrot. Like he was just like healing the entire way home. Right. And you know, you can do that. And like and like all these triggers that he would normally have, like a motorcycle went by, instead of barking at it, he looked at it and then looked at me. And then kept walking. I mean, there's a there's a real um, benefit to that sort of stuff. And like a lot, someone will hear that, you know, have that experience and then they'll come back to their dog trainer the next day and be like, well, I don't want to have to carry a bully stick all the time. 
And it's like, yeah. well, you're not gonna have to, but utilize it for a while. Yeah. You know, like if you wanted to do some um, quick desensitization on Sherlock for things like motorcycles or bulldogs, go buy a bully stick um, and then walk him around the block holding the bully stick and then take him home and let him chew on it and do that with your like next five bully sticks. And I guarantee you have to start getting smaller bully sticks. <laughs> Cut them up. Yeah. But I just, I, you know, it's like, you need to you need to seize those opportunities when you have something that's so motivating mm -hmm. like that because you can um lay a foundation no your dog's not going to say oh i get a bully stick every time i walk nicely but he's going to think i get a bully stick sometimes when i walk nicely <laughs> and i'm going to walk nicely and see if this is one of those times i think the the long story short with um a stubborn dog or a dog that won't follow through is to just figure out why they're not following through rather than just being like, oh, she's stubborn because she likes to make me mad. Or the one, I, the one I always hear is like, you know, he won't do it because I didn't walk him this morning. And it's like, well, yeah. he's, he's, not, he's not ignoring you to spite you, but maybe he's ignoring you because he's under-exercised. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's another legitimate reason your dog might not follow through is that they're not they don't have enough energy to, you know, they have too much energy to sit down right now and stay. Mm -hmm. Can't ask your dog to do a stay if you didn't walk them. Who, who do you think you are? That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, people do think that their dogs are stubborn, be, like in spite of something. It's just a, it's like, just that's a really common thing that we would hear. Like, oh, you know, I, I didn't take my dog out on a long enough walk this morning, and so he peed on my shoes. Yeah. It's a really hard thing to break people of uh, because our dogs do seem so human in, in other ways. Um, and I do think dogs can feel um, happiness and sadness and jealousy and longing. Um, but I don't think do dogs can feel spite. I, I don't think dogs have like a, venge a vengeful um, spirit in them like that. Oh, Sherlock, I'm going to hold him closer. He's like, don't touch me. It's so sweet. You know, he's too tired. Hi, baby boy. Oh, my God, he looks so sleepy. Hi, Sherlock. He got a board of talent shot today. Oh, uh, that doesn't feel good. Um, Do you have any other questions about stubborn dogs or stories or comments? I think I think I need to just make sure I'm bringing treats with me on walks again. Because it's the only thing that works. Well, and it's, it's just easier. You know, it's like you use treats for the next two months and you'll get lazy again like we all do. And you'll stop using yeah. treats for six months, but he'll have been fixed. And then six months later, he'll get shitty again and you'll bring the treats back out. Training is an ongoing <laughs> lifelong thing it never ends but you get to take breaks once you establish the behavior you get to live with the behavior for a little while and and go back to your you know totally passive training style where you just let the dog be a dog um and then when things start to get bad again you pull the treats out and you put a little bit of structure back in uh, that's all it really yeah. takes i always used to use the example of my dog bell my very first dog uh, that I got when I was like 10 years old. Um, and we had her until she was 16 years old. Um, anyway, so we had her for like seven years or something. And she'd been great. We never had to potty train her. She came to us knowing sit, lay, high five. Um, so she was a really good girl. And um, like seven years into owning her or something, she started peeing in the house. And it got like kind of regular. 
you know, couple days a week, she was peeing in the house. And she was a 60-pound dog, so this is like a traumatic puddle to, to step in. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we I was so worried about her you know um incontinence is a serious issue so I took her to the vet and they did all these tests and couldn't oh find God. anything <laughs> wrong with her and my vet said you know it may just be behavioral and um I was you know surprised um that it would be behavioral because we've never had behavioral issues with Belle actually we did but not in this department and um so I just went back to basic potty training and I would go outside with her and I would give her a cookie if she peed outside. And I did it for like a week and she stopped peeing inside and then never had another issue again. And, you know, I would, if I happened to see her peeing outside, like throw her a treat or whatever. But the, the thing with Belle was just like, she'd been peeing outside for all these years, but she was neither receiving reinforcement nor um, consequence for peeing outside. And so she peed mm -hmm. inside, just probably out of an accident some night, right? And she went like, wow, that was easy, right? There was no like, reinforcement. Yeah, happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if she did it just to see what would happen or she did have an accident or whatever it was, but she did it and she was like, well, that's about just as much fun as peeing outside is or maybe even more convenient for her because she didn't have to get one of nice, us to take her. warmer too. But it was like never once did I go, oh my God, Belle's mad at me or Belle's trying to piss me yeah. off. My first instinct was there's something wrong with my dog, you know, and I, I get why it looks that way. And like even people will listen to this and be like, no, but my dog, you know, peed directly on my pillow under where I put my head or like things that seem really specifically targeted at you. But there's always an underlying reason. Your dog probably peed in your yeah. boyfriend's shoes because they smell different. And your dog probably peed where your head is because it smells like you. And I don't know why those things made your dog pee there. But there's a reason that isn't spite. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not because yeah. your dog's mad at you. They don't feel like that you know the only time I think that maybe dogs get to that point where they feel um vengeful between towards a person is um that story of that guy who um his dogs killed him and ate him alive I think he lived in like Tennessee or something he had like three or four or five like big beefy dogs and he'd been starving them he would starve them and he would beat them and they were all like emaciated. And I know this is a great story, right? Um, and eventually one day they took this guy down and killed him and ate him. And like, <laughs> rock on. Good dogs. I mean, I'm on team dog on that one. I know, I'm on team dog. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a place you can push your dog to, but the average the average pet is not. Well, then it's like survival. Their survival instincts are like coming through there. Right. and And that's not a dog anymore that's a wolf so i think that was good i think we got something out of that okay oh can i tell you something weird yeah well it's kind of disturbing well I okay i just told you something disturbing so <laughs> okay so there's this french bulldog i follow well there's a couple french bulldogs that are kind of problematic that i follow on instagram one of them every time every single photo on his instagram is of him sitting with his lipstick out totally out why? Every single photo. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Our French, our French bulldogs hornier than normal dog? No. Okay, I mean, so then maybe. So then. Wait, so then, I, no, 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 no. Then, I need you to tell me the. I need you to. <laughs> why don't you text okay. it to me so that it's not on the air? Okay, okay. So then I'll just. I'm going to tag you in these photos. Um, and so then another French bulldog I follow last night. 
posted like the most disturbing, at least I found it super disturbing video. And he was just sitting and he just like kept rubbing his penis like out of pleasure. It was so weird. I mean, he was was itchy. I was like, I was, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I don't think this is. And you can tell. Like d- he's clearly doing it because it feels good. I think the issue is that you need to reevaluate the accounts you're following. I was really disturbed by this one. Okay, I'm gonna look at them. That one was emotion. Honestly, that was emotionally scarring. Yeah, I mean his little his little wiener is itchy. This is this isn't oh. like self stimulation. He's got a little itchy wiener. But like, why is his Are owner so filming crazy? this? And why did he post it on the internet? Ooh, I don't like the I don't like it. I don't like the way that dog is looking at me. <laughs> I don't me. like it. Why did I you... told you it was weird. It was weird. Did you tag us in that? You tagged our show in that. No, I didn't. Oh I no, didn't. you just sent it to us. Good. Relax. Should I tag? No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, no. I mean, is this a common thing with French bulldogs? Um, it's a con. I mean, what like? penis action like what are you talking about like you just mean like yeah i don't horny bulldogs yeah i mean i don't yeah. i don't i don't think so um what i will say this is and this is like a broad generalization oh my god this isn't something <laughs> i should say but like i feel like people who get bulldogs and um usually are uh no let me i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this a lot of times <laughs> i feel say. like people that own bulldogs um often don't want to neuter yeah, I have a feeling these people probably waited until later in the game to neuter their dogs. Yeah, so like if if there's a lot of dick action, dick action in general, it's often because the dog <laughs> isn't neutered. Um, I've you know that's that's the instances. Those are usually the dogs that when like they come to dog training class, they just get like hard. They're just like sitting there smiling at the teacher with their big old dog boner. God, like I'm so, so glad he's not a weird wiener boy. Yeah, but like, oh my god, I know. There's a benefit to owning female dogs just because you don't have to deal with penis stuff all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm going female. I mean, I'm never getting a boy dog again. I told you. Like, 100%. Like, it's girls from now on out. And I mean, I love you, Sherlock, but I only want girl dogs now. Really? I've known so many male dogs that will lift their leg on anything. A person. Yeah. Um, Like, oh, a car. Yeah. I mean... Okay, but dude, wouldn't Rowdy, like, get his, like, favorite toy and, like... Rowdy, yeah, Rowdy self, self-stimulated self himself. He was neutered. He was neutered when he was, like, eight months old, though. My family friend had, like, this black lab, and every night at eight o'clock, he would lead um, his owner into the guest bedroom. And then he would like hump the same pillow every night and then he would just keep going until he was done. He would take his owner in there? Yeah. He was like, let's go. He's like, I have to. I think she could not go with him. No, it was like a ritual. Oh, that's disgusting though. Yeah. Every single night. I, um, it also reminds me of a time. Do you remember, um, Bruce, the mini bull terrier? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I used to watch him a lot. I used to work with him a lot. And I used to take him when I was teaching. Um, and I had, like, a little wire crate at the front of the um, classroom. And he would sleep in it until I needed him to demo. And um, I had, like, a blanket over it. And I started to hear these, like, 
noise, like he was like making a ruckus in the middle of a class. Um, and so I pulled the blanket off of the wire crate to see what he was like doing. And he had the, the like, the like bed blanket in there, like all like folded up and he was just going to town on oh it. And it was <laughs> so fucking funny because I was like, what are you doing? And I pulled the blanket off and he was just fucking the pillow. And like everybody in the classroom was like, <gasps> <laughs> Because he was really going to town on it. He was really going. He was really going. And, like, you, I don't know, like, those of you who, who know bull terriers, it's hard to stop them um, from doing anything that they are actively doing. Because, <laughs> oh, God damn it. Audrey just sent me another picture of a bulldog. You gotta look. I can't believe how long <laughs> we've been talking about dog dick. <laughs> you gotta look at this one. It's so fucking weird. It's a video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, French bulldogs are like a controversial subject anyway. Are they? Yeah, you know, it's like a health thing. It's like a breeding thing. That's true. And now we can add this, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's plenty more content where this came from. All right. Ask me what's wagging. Right, whose tail is wagging? St- do it again. Whose tail is wagging? Start over. Whose tail is wagging? Whose tail is wagging? Shit. I God. Okay. Just shut up. <laughs> Stay out of frame until you pull yourself together. Yeah. <laughs> Just shut up. Okay. Whose tail is wagging? Okay, so this week, um, we have a bunch of tails wagging, which is um, all of the tails belonging to greyhounds in the state of Florida. Yay! If anybody missed it, um, one of the victories from the midterm elections was that um, greyhound racing is now illegal in the state of Florida. And now it's over. Yay. And it's a huge victory um, for like advocacy organizations. And, uh, but it does kind of put out um, the concern that now there are some 8,000 greyhounds that are going to need um, homes. And uh, so I just want to say a little bit about greyhounds that uh, my partner and I have fostered greyhounds in the past. I think they are such incredible dogs and I know they're big, but they more so have the personality of a smaller dog in that they uh, like to be at home. They like to lay around. Um, People have this image in their mind that greyhounds are really high energy active dogs just because their ability to run fast. But just because they are capable of running fast does not mean that they frequently do. And um, a lot of times you'll see people who own greyhounds own more than one is because um, they're just that kind of dog where you get one and you fall in love with the breed and you want more. And because they're so slow and lazy, uh, it's pretty easy to own multiples. I was going to say... I literally have, I mean, I've seen a lot of dogs. I have literally never seen a greyhound that was like, had too much energy. Like every time I see them out in the street, they're just like calmly walking next to their owner. And when they're not walking, they're just like laying down and lounging. Yeah. And like, I know all these like old ladies who um, run the um, gray save uh, in, in, Southern California and there's like these like short little old ladies and they have like six greyhounds and they'll just be like walking down the street with six greyhounds and never do these dogs pull they just walk next to their owner um I mean obviously I'm sure there's some greyhounds that are um more naughty or more rambunctious but really for the most part of the many many I've met they're just chill sweet dogs I think they're also there's something really special about um owning a greyhound because 
they do come from that racetrack background. They grow up in a very, um, um, they grow up in an environment where they don't receive a lot of affection or a lot of personalized attention. And like some of the greyhounds that I've worked with um, that had come right off of the track didn't know what a dog toy was, uh, couldn't figure out how to walk on the hardwood in our house, didn't understand what it meant when, when somebody left, would they come back? You know, it's like all of these um, things that we notice when fostering greyhounds, it just kind of like makes your heart ache. Uh, and I think being able to provide that when you rescue a dog creates a bond with that dog that is just unshakable. And I, that's what I see, um, out of people that I know that have greyhounds and this is a good opportunity to get some greyhounds into people's homes so that they can also form that, uh, relationship. Yeah. Donate, foster, adopt. Um, we would always foster and we had many dogs with us, um, at the time. And it was always funny because greyhounds have often not met dogs that aren't greyhounds and greyhounds have a very severe look about them. Um, you know, and so it's like, I remember we were fostering, uh, Penrose at the same time that we were fostering Walter and Walter was a Pekingese. Um, and Penrose was so afraid of Walter because she had this like weird smashed face and, you know, Penrose has this long pointy face and, you know, Walter had like two inches long legs and Penrose's legs were like two and a half feet long and she just wouldn't go anywhere near that little thing she thought it was the scariest thing ever well also also Walter wasn't exactly nice to everyone no she was mean <laughs> I mean that's fair um so yeah the, I, think I don't blame her those um greyhound tails are wagging and um the tails of animal lovers everywhere are wagging we're so happy um with this victory uh for greyhounds and um let's try to help find these greyhounds find homes now Yay. Oh, that's so sweet. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Triple F Dogcast. And you can email us at Triple F Dogcast at gmail.com. Um, if you guys want to send in uh, questions or uh, topics that you want us to cover, please hit us up, um, email or online, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that. If you have a stubborn dog and we didn't talk about something stubborn that they're doing send it in yeah we'll handle it if your dog does some weird shit and you want um free dog training <laughs> advice let me know and don't forget to um check us out on patreon yeah and um rate review subscribe tell your friends all that jazz uh thank you guys for listening <laughs> and uh we really appreciate your audience and uh, we'll talk to you soon bye bye